this day. What? Oh, Galatians 4. You can turn to Galatians 4, but before, but before we get to Galatians 4, I want to talk about what day this is. This Sunday, today, June 11th, marks our six-year anniversary in this building. So... And one of the things that I love to do on this day is to tell the story of this building as a way of celebrating. And I know it still doesn't have very good uh, air conditioning. I don't know. I don't know why. We try. We do our very best. But here we are six years later still sweating in the summertime and freezing in the wintertime. It's the best. Um, could it be these giant windows that we love. Um, so I want to tell you guys this story. So the story goes back. Garrison Jan are back here. Wave it around. Oh, look at them. They're, it's a humble wave, but they, they should be like, yes, we did this. Um, we love them, and we are so thankful for them. And the story goes back, and we were talking, I was talking with Garris this morning that Kate and I um, became co-senior leaders or whatever the title was um, of this church. Not, it'll be nine years in October, which is wild to think about. And so as we transition with Garrison Jan, um, this church existed up at Roberts Road. How many of you attended church at Living Waters up on Roberts Road? I've been up there to those rad buildings that Garrison Jan stewarded so well. So that property was seven acres and on that seven-acre property up by North Medford High School, there was uh, about 6,000 square feet of actual gathering space in that, in that place. And so we would fill every nook and cranny of those, of those rooms. And so the story goes back, though, a little bit further because the Foursquare Church in Medford started right down here underneath I-5, or maybe it was up here, and then they moved down there, and they built a building right down here, and they existed in that building in the 60s, or 50s and 60s, they built that building, and then I don't know what year it was in the, exactly in the 60s, but I-5 came through, or maybe it was late 50s. It came through, and it displaced that congregation that was within eyesight of where we are sitting today, and it displaced that congregation. They bought property. They bought seven acres, which would have been way out for them. They bought it way out there, and then eventually that became the seven acres that was next door to North Medford High School, where this, where this church existed for 40 something years. You can shout out any of my dates that I have wrong. If I'm doing okay, just be like close enough. Okay. <laughs> if we're in if we're in a decade or so, we're good. So then up there at North, we existed. And I remember so many years of, and Kate and I joined the team with Garrison Jan in 2000. I was an intern in 2000 and then came on the team in 2001 when we got married. And I remember the years that Garrison Jan led us so well and the, and the financial council praying and dreaming into what we would do on that property, what we would build on that property, what would be something that would serve this city and this community, what would reach out from our property with the gospel to the people around us. They stewarded it and they prayed and they waited on the Lord. And there was opportunities where Garris, and he could share those stories another time, but there were numerous opportunities where the church was plenty large enough and plenty uh, financially healthy enough that he could have gone down and gotten a construction loan and signed off and built out that entire property. In fact, there was a story where they had built out all of the plans and they were moving in that direction and just saying, inquiring of the Lord, how should we fund this? How should we do it? And they were beginning to move towards that of like, hey, we can afford 
to build this out. But as I've seen many times, and as I know Garris did many times when no one was watching, um, he would walk and he would pray on that empty property and walk on and pray on that empty property. And on one of these particular nights when he was meeting with the leadership council and they had all of these plans drawn up and they were moving forward on developing that property, the Lord interrupted him as he was walking and praying out on that field. And he came into the leadership council or to the financial council and he sat down with them and he said, I don't feel like this is what the Lord is asking us to do. We're gonna lay these plans down for this season and we're not gonna pick them back up again. I'm paraphrasing you, so if you wanna fix the quote. Yeah, no, I think, I think we've, <laughs> um, so we're laying these down and we're not picking it up again until the Lord gives us a direction or a clear direction on how we're supposed to proceed. And so that property f- sat there undeveloped until it came to the time when, when Garrison and Jan sat down with Kate and I and said, we feel like the Lord is leading us to move into a different season of ministry and we wanna do a five year or three, three to five year transition with you. And so we began praying about it and the heart that Kate and I had so similar to Garrison and Jan's, but the one thing that we felt was distinct on our heart was that we wanted to say yes to a church that was in the midst of the city that we were pastoring. And so we were trying, we were just wrestling with that of like just, just the deep belief that a church and a building, we want it to be down in the heart of the city. And, and, and we had, uh, we'd lived on Holly Street for years. And so we would drive from Holly Street up to Roberts Road and back again, back and forth we would drive. And as Garris was praying over that field, Kate and I were praying over the big fat city building. Um, for those of you that go way back, do you go back far enough to know the fat city? building yeah okay how about remix should we bring it up a little bit to remix okay the 10th street brick building we loved that building we would drive by it and we'd say god you've got something for the for this city there is a building here that we know that this church is going to occupy and at the time we imagined that it would be like a satellite campus or an outreach center would be downtown and the and the building would be up there and so as garris and jan invited us to take the church the one one of the main questions we had was garris and jan we know that you have prayed into and stewarded this property and the finances of this church so well, how would you feel if we sold a part of this bill or, or sold this property and, and tried to move the church down, downtown? And this is a part of a larger conversation, but one of the things that has forever marked my life was Garrison Jan's heart to say yes. Because in saying yes, what they were saying is we are not asking you to steward our vision. We are covering you so that you can grab the heart of God and you can lead your vision. And so what they were able to do in enabling us to do that was to say yes to that idea. And so we said, let's go, let's move, bu- 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 bu, moving forward in the story. And so here we are leading the church, just believing that we would leverage that property to buy a building downtown. And so what we envisioned, as I said, was selling part of the property keeping part of the property, having church up there and having an outreach center down here. So we started touring buildings. Every building that was available in this entire downtown area, we were looking at it while also just talking about what it would be to sell that piece of property. And one part of this story was getting that rezone. So a little shout out to Corey, who took it from like, what was it? You helped us take it from residential four to, to like multifamily. So we rezoned that bad boy. Suddenly it's worth more money. I see Jarek over there who was that? I know you hate it, man. I, I was like, let's tell Jarek's into this, into this story. And he's like, get out of here. Jarek was at the housing authority at the time and they're buying, they are always buying property, continue to do housing developments. And so he connected us, Corey helped us and we made these connections. And so we're thinking we could sell part of the property and we're looking at buildings downtown and there's no buildings, there's no building, there's no building, there's no building. Getting frustrated, getting annoyed, getting sad. 
and starting to feel like there's not gonna be any place where we could plant this church downtown or we could move this church downtown. And, um, and Jarek, that's about the time that Jarek came to me and said, hey, I know you guys wanna sell three and a half acres. Would you consider selling the whole seven acres to us? And, um, and I was like, uh, I don't really have a plan or any idea. You're asking, me, you're asking me to move the church entirely and there are no buildings downtown at all. And especially there's no buildings that have any parking. And we joke a lot about parking, but come on, it matters. It's like there's buildings that we could meet in if we really squint and figure it out, but there's none with parking. And so that day, that week he offered, uh, or sorry, it wasn't just Jarek writing checks. It was the housing, Jackson County Housing Authority um, offered us 1.75 million, I think, for that whole seven acres up there. And so we were just talking about that. And I said, I don't think we can do that. There's no way that we can move the entire church downtown. And so then after church that Sunday, uh, a businessman in the area, um, Cal, he came up to me and after church and he said, hey, how's it going with the building, with the rezone? We know you guys are rezoning and you are gonna maybe list it on the market and for that portion of it. And I said, you know, oddly enough, man, I we just got an offer for the entire property. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. And I said, yeah, but we can't take it because there's nowhere to move the church. There's nowhere that we could go and there's nowhere with parking. And, um, <laughs> and so he was like, and he put his hand on his, on his jacket pocket like this. And he said, I have in my pocket right here, keys to the Lithia building downtown. My friend owns it and he's asking me to help him sell it. Um, have you guys looked at the Lithia building downtown? And I was like, as if, as if the Lord had just put a blindfold on us. I said, we've looked at every building. We had not looked, for whatever reason, we hadn't looked at this particular building. And so that day we said, okay, let's go down and look at it. So he brought us down here and we toured through it. We walked through it. And it was one of those moments in life where it wasn't just a, uh, a yes, it was a immediate yes. Ah, you guys. Look at you. <laughs> heathens, heathens, I tell you. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not gonna give you the Jake Hayes version of that statement. It wasn't just a yes. It was an immediate yes where we rallied our team and our leadership council and we walked through this and we were just amazed at this building. And I was like, this is such a huge building, 40,000 square feet. It has huge warehouse bays. It's got this rad meeting, which we could see as a meeting area. It's got rooms for our kids. And of course we had to renovate a bunch, um, but we could see it immediately. And I stood in the parking lot with him and I said, there's no way, even with the 1.75, there's no way that we can afford this. Like I can't afford, we don't have a big enough church to just get ourselves into something where we are over overextending ourselves in our budget. And I just like, I don't know how we could afford this. And he said, um, he only wants 1.25 million for it. I was like, for the, for like the front half <laughs> for the parking lots. And, uh, and so 1.25 million. And then he said at that point, that's when we were outside. And he said, just so you know, this parking lot over here belongs to this property. And that entire block over there belongs to this property and all of this. And so this beautiful miracle unfolded right before our eyes. And there were so many little moments along the way that God has led us, that we saw his hand and his faithfulness to lead us to be a church that is so firmly rooted in the heart and the vision 
of who we are, of, of Garris and Jan, of the life that we have, have, but also being able to say, we want to, we know that God is calling us to be at a place, to be downtown and to be at a different place. And so we moved and, and then some funny things happened with timing and we thought we had lots of time and then we didn't have lots of time. And some of you might've been around for that. Uh, we had lots of time and then we didn't have lots of time. And you were, you were out there, like I know Drew and I were out scrubbing these floors going, we've got three weeks to get this building ready for people. Oh man, we're tearing out walls. We're doing all the things. And like, can we please get the little sign off for code so that we can gather in this place? And so, and we were able to do it. And so it was June 11th, 2016, that we had our first gathering in this room. And so we are just celebrating that today. Paul, are you getting my attention or is it someone across the way? Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was, it was 2016 that we were in this building. I'm sorry, we're in a round room. So if you're pointing like this, I'm thinking, someone's behind me, they're attacking me. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm adding years. Am I screwing up the years? I don't know. We, it was 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, six years. Seven, this is our seventh anniversary. This is our sixth anniversary. Thank you. Is it a wonder that we can lead a church? It's incredible. We are so bad at this. I don't know. I don't know how we can be so bad and yet so good at the same time. Um, so six years ago, where are we? Now, in, this, in the arc of this story, it does come with some disappointment that I've talked with you about. Of the, I wouldn't, There's no way that I would have said in 2023 that we will still be in this building and that the other parts of it won't be developed and that we will not have moved into and be using the entirety of the building. Like The vision that God has given to us is for this entire building to be used, not only for this community to gather, but also for our city to use, for, for outreaches, for resources, for places like that, for things to happen. And so if it was in my timing, I would say, based on Ryan's timing, we are behind, way behind schedule. But then you guys also know the story of how beautiful it was that we had those warehouses open and available, that when fire came through our cities, that we were able to function as the multi-agency warehouse for Josephine County, for Jackson County, for parts of Douglas County, and to be able to serve our city and our community. According to my timeline, that would, be, that would have been unusable space. It would have been great on Sundays, but it would have been no use to our community every other day of the week. And if you guys know this from the very beginning, our heart is that this building would be something that would be beautiful, powerful, and useful for our city every day of the week and not just for us on Sunday mornings. What good does it do to have a building that is amazing and beautiful on Sunday morning and sits empty in the heart of a city for the rest of the week? It does no good to anyone. And so we know that that reality of what we got to do as a church family marks our vision way more than what happens often than what happens on a Sunday morning or in a gathering is that it's the two things together where we learn to seek the Lord, but we also learn to go with the Lord into our city and our community. And we believe that this is a sending building. It is a building of prayer. It is a building of worship, but it is also a building sending out ambassadors, kingdom ambassadors and establishing kingdom life in the cities or in the city around us. And so we got to see that. And I, so I say that it's not always according to our timeline that God is moving. 
But here we are now in a beautiful season where we feel again that the Lord is urging us to move forward. I shared this with you a few weeks ago. I'm not going to share or dive into it too much again. But the onus is on us to say this is part of this is the promise that we are waiting on. But we don't want to wait passively. We want to wait proactively. We want to move into the promises that God has for us and move into the building and use this for the things that he has for us, both for a community, but also the community around us. And so I am believing and we're moving towards um, being able to be gathering in that large building, in the large warehouse that we are going to move this kind of worship space into that large area. This allows for our kids ministry to come in here on Sunday mornings and for them to be able to expand. This allows for us to be able to do things in this room throughout the week, whether it's classes or prayer and worship nights or having space in here to do that. We are able to do classes throughout the building, but to do that, we've got to go through the process. We've got to get codes and we have to build it out and we have to have finances for that. And so what we're doing is just allocating energy and resources towards being able to be in that large building by next spring. And so I'm believing that Easter, next Easter, 2020, 2017, no, 2024, um, <laughs> that we'll get to gather as a family in there for, for Easter. And, and that's what we feel like God is, is, is urging us and moving us towards. And so we want to invite you into that. And so as we talk about this on this, on this uh, sixth or seventh anniversary of this amazing day, um, I want to answer this question, how can we help? How can you help? As you're listening to us and we're saying we're moving this thing forward, how can you help? The main thing is this, is don't give up on the process. I don't want us to settle in to what is normal. I love that we are in this room. I love that we are in the classrooms, but those classrooms aren't finished. The spaces aren't finished. This room isn't finished. And so I want us to be able to not give up on the story that we are a part of. This is the tension in our life of being content, but not complacent. And so as we come into this place, that we would be very thankful for the room and the space that we have, but we would not be complacent of saying, but God is moving us to other areas in this building and he's expanding throughout this building and that we would be people who are believing that and moving towards that. In fact, I've asked our leadership team when we are in the building to stop using the easy access exits in and out of this space, but to walk through that warehouse space as often as they can and just prayer walk that space, to do it as an act of saying, we're just not closing off this part of the building and saying, oh, that plan is too big for God, so we'll just settle into what we can manage as humans, as opposed to let's stand in this place and pray through this place, believing that God has more and that he is continuing even though he's doing incredible things in the season that we're in, that he's leading us into new things and greater things ahead. So that we wouldn't give up, that we would continue to see what he has ahead for us. The other thing, and you know that this is coming, is we want you to give um, money. <laughs> um, so finances are, I want to talk a little bit about finances with you guys. Finances are the greatest, de greatest need that we have right now um, for this project to move forward. And that is both money, uh, uh, monthly giving and giving into the construction project. So I want to talk about our finances. We are in a prolonged battle with finances. I, I speak on finances from the front probably once a quarter, once every six months. And for the last two or three times that I've done it, it's been the same story. We are in a prolonged battle in the area of finances where finances are tight. So I would say this quickly. Our finances are healthy in the sense that we have incredible leadership counsel who prayerfully monitors and leads with us in this area. 
Our finances are transparent. Our finances are trackable to you. Nothing that you give into this house is ever without the ability for you to find, follow up and find out where your giving went. Your generosity is meaningful to us. And because it's meaningful to us, we track it and we keep account of it so that we can always show you where it's going. Please, when you guys are giving into places, when you're giving into nonprofits or whatever, just give to places that are willing to open up their books and say, here, here's where your finances are going. And so we have... We've made a, a strong effort to make sure that we can always make an account for where your finances are going. We believe in that. We believe in that accountability from our leadership council to you guys and to having people from this community on the, or from this church on the leadership council to lead us as, as you guys give and as we grow into all that we're called to be as a church in this region. Our finances are unhealthy in the sense that we're experiencing about a five to $10,000 a month shortfall on our budget each month. So we have, in response to that over prolonged months, we have cut budget. We continue to cut budget. The next step for us as we continue down that road is cutting payroll and costs as much as we can. This building alone costs us seven or $8,000 just in utilities. So it's one of those things of like, yay God, you brought us into this building. Oh man, God, you're the worst. Why'd you bring us into this building? <laughs> God's blessings, we think, are just ease. God's blessings are often formative to our faith because the weight of the things that God gives us to do leads us into that place of humility of saying, okay, God, you did lead us here, right? You did lead us here. And often as he leads us, he leads us beyond our human resources, our mental resources, and our spiritual resources where we are learning to live in faith and cling to his directives and to cling to his promises. And so as I would say, our finances are unhealthy, quote unquote, just the same as yours. If you guys are living, if I'm living, if this church is living at a consistent budget shortfall, you have to make changes, right? You don't get to just live like that indefinitely. That would be unhealthy correct? And so we have to make those changes. And, and so we have talked about every scenario and I won't dive into all of them, but I will say that there are places where we have to, we can't continue in that way. And if that means that there has to be shifts within for, for Kate and I, or for our team, it would be Kate and I first. I promise you that we're not asking our team to do something that we wouldn't be willing to do first. So that reality of things, having to shift to, to decrease the amount that we are spending. We cannot have money going out constantly, 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 and not money coming in, right? Everybody agrees. Remember, remember, healthy families talk about finances, so if this is freaking you out, just take a deep breath. You're gonna be okay. Everybody's okay. We're all fine. We're all fine. But this is the reality of it. And so for, I want, and I wanna speak to it just for a second because um, Right now, what we're currently doing is we're pulling money from our savings to handle that shortfall. So this year, we've spent about $40,000 from our savings to cover the shortfall in this year's budget. The problem is, is that money that we have saved from selling this parking lot, from selling the building in Ashland, from saving the money that you guys have given to us from the money market account, from investments and from money that you guys have put into the building fund, that is, uh, well, we're not spending money. Sorry, let me just make sure that we're super clear. If you earmark it for the building, we're not spending that on anything else. Was that recorded? Because that's true. Let me just make sure that's really clear. <laughs> But, but if money comes in and it's generalized or if we sell something and have money that we put into savings and that money is put aside for the building, we are pulling out of the money that we would love to use to expand into the building. We're having to use that money to make our budget work, right? Just like you guys do. If budget is short, where do you pull it from, right? You pull it from your Bitcoin, 
Oh, can't do that. <laughs> Turns out Bitcoin's pulling it from you. Um, so you pull it out of your savings. And that's what we have been doing. So therefore, again, the question goes, well, what can we do? Um, what can we do? I want to ask you guys to pray. And as I pray over this recent journey with, with church finances, I have felt more than ever that this is a confrontation over God's purposes for our church and for this building and for this city. And it must first be one in prayer. And I would say this of like, and Garrison Jan can testify to this, of the times when we have sat over the years and we have said, man, budget is tight, money is short. Do we, what do we do? Do we cut percentages off of payroll? Do we, do we say none of this, none of that? Do we sell things? Like, what do we do? And over the years, do you know what we have seen time and time and time again? The faithfulness of God never, ever failing us. And so what that can do though, as I'm sitting here, as I'm leading this church, is I'm drawing back on years and years and years of God's faithfulness as my story. But the problem is, is that when you're not aware enough, when you're not paying attention enough because you're just remembering God's faithfulness, you're not inquiring of Holy Spirit to say, is this an actual, is there a confrontation happening here? Is there a battle happening here that must first be won in prayer and not just sitting back and going, well, God is faithful because God is faithful. But as I inquired of the Lord, standing in that place of saying, God, I know that you're faithful. I'm not worried about this. And he's like, but would you inquire of me deeper of what's really taking place so that you're not patience is not what you are mistaking for peace. And just being patient and carrying that peace is I want their peace to happen because we won the battle, right? We want the peace that comes because we won the battle, right? Not the peace that comes just because we're complacent and ignoring the problem. Not that that's what I was doing, but sometimes that's what happens. My life is totally at peace. That's because you're not confronting any of the hard things around your life peace that comes through winning the battles that God is directing you to is the peace that you want to have. Okay. So, right. Great. Good. Okay. So all I'm saying is that as I've been praying about this, the Lord has been reminding me that this is going to be won through prayer. And so we need to have a prayer initiative. That means as a house, we need to step up. Can we fire that slide up there? So we need to step up and we just need to begin to pray specifically for this thing. If it's like two or three times that I've stood up here and talked about finances and it's the same story, I can be like, God is faithful, he's coming through, it's good. But maybe somewhere in there we should be like, ding, ding, ding. Huh? Let's figure out a different way to attack this. So I wanna start a financial prayer team. This is if it's on your heart to just say, I would love to have targeted prayer specifically with Ryan and Kate and the leadership council for and within the area of finances. I want you to text FPT. I hope that doesn't sound for something inappropriate out in the real world. I just, just, I just, it was, okay. So anyway, text FT, FPT to 541-982-4576. And what will happen, I don't think we'll get an auto response generated from that, but what will happen is I will text you later today as we put that team together. And then we'll use that text thread to weekly just to invite prayer and specific things that maybe God is doing, saying, and areas that we can be praying for. So text FPT to 541-982-4576. If you're not a part of the text group, um, as far as just getting gobs of text from us all the time, if you're not getting those, it's very sad and I bet you want them. Um, <laughs> 
Where's Pete laughing at me? Text, uh, text loop to 541-982-4576. If you're newer and you're like, I, wanna, I just want to know what's going on around here. You people are wild and wacky. I want to see what's happening. Uh, text loop to 541-982-4576. So the first thing that God's putting on my heart is just that we would be people who are praying and that we would start a specific prayer initiative, a team to pray over this area. The second thing that we need to do better is communicate. I own this. I can do a better job of communicating. I don't mind talking about finances. Um, and because I take very seriously our distinctive here at Living Waters to help people heal from church hurt and leadership wounds, be, I don't mind talking about finances, but sometimes I sense and feel that just talking about them stirs up a lot of things of like people coming here and going, oh, this is a place of safety. It doesn't feel as whatever as places I've been before. And they're saying that it's, you know, the, I don't have to give and it's okay if I don't give. And if I don't give into the local church, I'm not stealing from God. And, you know, things like that that have been said to us that we can carry. And so whenever we talk about finances, knowing that that can be a wound, knowing that that can be a, a hard thing, I tend to shy away from it a little bit. So I'm just owning that and saying, I can do a better job and we collectively as leadership team can do a better job of communicating to you about the finances. I don't want to make a wound worse that you have, but is the answer to healing a wound that you have avoiding it or demonstrating health in it? It's demonstrating health in it. <laughs> so pop quiz, no one answered, you all failed. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus is the answer to every question. Don't you love it? When pastors ask you questions from the microphone and you just are like, do you really want me to answer that? Am I supposed to answer that? Like, who's supposed to answer that? The way that we bring health to anyone who has struggled with finances in your own lives, in your own families, in your own, maybe your parents or things that went on in your life, the way, or maybe you've experienced church hurt around the area of finances. Maybe you've had a very legalistic experience where people have told you that it's biblical and you have to tithe and you have to tithe, give a certain percentage and you have to give a certain percentage to the local church. And none of that's true. And that's why when it lands on people, it creates a wound. And because when we teach things that aren't true to people who are opening and recepting, receptive to, to the things that we're teaching, and we teach things that are false or not right, it becomes a heavy burden. So don't hear me say that giving and generosity isn't biblical. I'm just saying that we can't put a heavy burden on people to give. And so the talking about it and the processing it is the healthiest thing. Last thing I'll say about this. The Lord has interrupted me recently in just having conversations about it. And we don't take offering at Living Waters. The reason we don't take offering at Living Waters is not because taking offering is bad. Not because taking offering is wrong. Not because generosity isn't biblical. The New Testament has a very amazing paradigm for how we should give. And, and in fact, it's a, lot more, it's a lot more robust in our obedience to the Holy Spirit than just writing a check for 10%. It takes every dollar of my budget into account and before the Lord and saying, God, how would you lead me in this in my finances? So that's the, the more robust way. So we don't take offering here. And what has happened as a result, this is what the Lord checked me on, what has happened as a result is that we have lost the connectivity and the spirituality and the sacredness of giving and of generosity as a part of worship. And for that, I apologize because that wasn't my heart in doing it. My heart in doing it is that we have ways to give that we don't need to be passing around a bucket and saying, hey, give, give, give. But then I was like, wait, it's so rare that that's actually the heart that it's done under. 
Usually it's just done as a connection point to worship and generosity happening together in much the same way that we've incorporated communion into every time that we gather because it's sacred and there's a beauty to honoring Jesus in the way that he instructed us in scripture. He also instructed us to be generous. And so I'm not saying that we're gonna start passing the hat again next week, but what we need to figure out is we need to figure out a way in maturity in Christ where we are believing and understanding that generosity is not something that I do separate from worship, but it is an act of worship. And I know you guys are like, Ryan, this is so basic. We, we know this. We know this. We absolutely do. But just as something as simple as that, where we remove the sacredness from it, we remove the opportunity to connect it with worship and generosity. And so we want to figure out ways where we can just be connecting and, and, and our generosity with, with that. Does that make sense? Okay, so what did I say? How can we help? We can pray, we can communicate, and then of course we can give. If you are giving, we 100% thank you. We would not exist without you here. We have no other means of income as a church. And this shocks people sometimes, but I just wanna be clear. We have no other means of income as a church than, than the generosity of the people in this community. That's it. And so we are trusting the Lord to stir hearts towards that generosity so that we can continue to do the kingdom work that God has put on our heart to do in this family, discipling people, and then also reaching out into our city. So those that give, we deeply, deeply appreciate you. If you aren't giving, man, oh man. (laughs) Everyone's like, here it comes. He seems like a nice guy, but he's tricking me. I know it. <laughs> no, I'm totally, I'm, I'm all good. If you don't give, you can come to this church for the next 30 years and not give a dime. That's between you and the Lord, 100% between you and the Lord. It's not my job to coerce you. It's not my job to twist your arm. It's not my job. In fact, the only thing I would say is don't give. If this, isn't, if this place isn't bringing health to you in your relationship with Jesus, if this place isn't bringing you closer to Jesus, if this place isn't impacting you or your family, or you're not seeing us make an impact on the city around us, then, then don't give to us. Take your money, ask the Lord where you would give it that would be more fruitful and more useful and allow him to lead you. If this is a place that is feeding into you, that is building you up, that is bringing you closer to Jesus, that is investing in you, then we need your financial investment, your generosity to continue to do those things. And that's where the partnership happens. It's between you and the Lord, not between you and any legal mandate, not between you and any religious mandate. It is simply an opportunity to say, we believe in this house. We believe in these people. We believe in what God's doing and we want to partner with that. And we are believing in the sacred nature of generosity, that when we do it as an act of worship unto the Lord, that it is not about what happens at Living Waters. It is about what happens between you and God as you just surrender your finances to him and say, how would you lead me to be a generous person that reflects who you are? And so we do invite you to give. Or if you just want to find out more about giving or ways that you can give, or maybe you aren't comfortable giving into the monthly budget, but you would love to give towards the building project that we're doing then just text the word GIVE to 541. You guys all say it with me, 982-4576. Good job, okay. So if you text GIVE to that number, 
um, we will, we'll just get in touch with you. There'll be a link to livingwaterlwrv.org slash give. It's just talking about different pathways, but we would also love to connect with you this week and just talk with you about, about that. And I'm not talking about some kind of weird schmarmy sales thing of like, thank you for giving us your text number. Let us now bombard your phone with thousands of opportunities to give. Um, we'll just bombard your phone with thousands of opportunities to hang out with this community because that's what we love to do. Come to this thing, be a part of this thing. Um, okay, Galatians 4. Just kidding, there's no way you guys, that would be nuts. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, so I hope that is that little chat is okay with you. Um, I mean, I know it is. Sorry. I, a couple things I would love just to be available afterwards. Oh, no. One thing, one important thing. We'll, we're going to turn on some music and we're all finished, but we are asking that if you're hanging out, chatting, getting kids, whatever, that you are welcome to do that. Let's keep that to the lobby as much as is possible in here. If you'd like to stick around for a few minutes and just have communion, maybe individually or as a family and just respond to the Lord this morning, communion is available. It's open to you. As if, if you are a follower of Jesus and, and, and walking with him, then we would encourage you to take a minute and, and have communion this morning if you haven't already in your personal time. Um, and so we'll do, we'll do that. Um, yeah, there we go. Nice. Beyond that, I would love to be available and just stick around here. If you have any questions about what I shared, um, any, anything about finances, anything about what's going on around here, we would love to answer those. I want to point out one person or a couple people. Trevor is here. Trevor, wave your hand. Trevor's our gen general. Um, yeah, give him, sure, give him a hand. That's right. We pay him so that we don't have to do work parties every other day, right? Like, yay, Trevor! Uh, Trevor's our general contractor. He's helping build out the building. And Dale Southmade, wave your hand, Dale. Dale is our project manager. He's our project manager for the build out, the continued build out of the building. If you have any questions about what I shared about finances, if you have questions about the building, if you have questions about any of that, and like legitimate questions that you want answered, please, I'm here. I would love to answer those. Dale can answer those for you. If you have questions about anything I said in the area of finances where you just want from a biblical perspective or clarity on something or you have questions about something or just want to chat a little bit about that, I'm available. I would love to hear from you um, about that. Maybe there's some, some concerns or some questions or things like that. I'm here. I'm here for that. I want to be a part of that process with you. Um, and so as we wrap up our time, though, uh, would you join me in praying um, as we celebrate this building And also pray for Andy because next week he is going to have to preach the second half of Galatians 4. <laughs> and it's a doozy. Sarah and Hagar. It's a good one. Um, anyway, sorry. I just thought that. I was like, oh no. Uh, he's going to love that. Would you join me in, as we celebrate this building in this prayer? May everything you have planned for this building come to fruition. So Jesus, we make that our prayer. I know that I have a thousand dreams and ideas. I know that every person who walks through this building has a thousand dreams and ideas. I know that sometimes we conflate those dreams and ideas with your voice. And it is seasons of prolonged waiting where we refine our ability to hear your voice and to be truly led by you. 
But now more than ever, I believe that you are calling us to occupy the promised land and that there are enemies in this promised land that you have ahead of us, but we are to overcome those through prayer and that we are to believe, God. But we wanna step in, not to our dreams, not to our plans, not to our ambitions and not to our ideas. We want to contend that everything that you have planned from this, for this building comes to fruition, that your kingdom come, your will be done, and what is true in heaven would be made manifest on earth, in this building, in this people, in this city. We ask you to lead us and guide us, not as the source of resources, but as the steward of your kingdom resources, for your glory, for your purposes, always and only. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Awesome, we love you guys. Thanks for letting me chat at you for a while this morning. Um, Have a great Sunday.